Well, Thursday was a very busy day in government in America. Uh, Not only did uh, President Biden speak, as we've talked about, and not only did he sign that bill, but the House was very busy passing a couple of bills that are aimed at uh, affecting your right to own a firearm. Two bills, not one, but two. And there was not a whole lot of bipartisan effort involved in these bills. Yeah, there was a little bit, but not really bipartisan. It wasn't a giant chunk of Republicans jumping to help the Democrats, Pelosi and her crew, uh, start squeezing Second Amendment stuff. But I need help to understand it because these things are very um, complicated and uh, onerous, in my opinion. So I reached out to our friend from the Crime Prevention Research Center. He's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, John Lott is with us. John, welcome back, my friend. Great, great to talk to you again, Mike. Well, I, I like talking to you, and I agree. It's always great to get your information on this radio show. But, John, I'm getting nervous now. It seems like the momentum is picking up for the Democrats to start moving their agenda forward faster and with more energy. How bad are these bills that they're trying to squeeze through uh, the Senate now that they've passed the House? Well, I I think they're bad. I mean, I think they're worse bills. They're going to be coming down the pike. Uh, And I'm not sure if these are going to be able to pass the Senate. It's going to depend upon... uh, it's going to be depending upon largely Joe Manchin from West Virginia, whether he keeps his word uh, to oppose getting rid of the filibuster. But um, so there are two bills. One was closing the so-called Charleston loophole, something that Democrats from Hillary Clinton, when she ran to Joe Biden, uh, you know, had promised to go and fix. And then the other one is dealing with so-called universal background checks. You know, they both sound good, but. You know, the the Charleston loophole one is really dishonest in many ways. Uh, the claim is is that if they'd only had more time to go and check Dylan Roof's criminal background, they would have found that he was a prohibited person, he wouldn't have been able to buy a gun, and he wouldn't have been able to go and um, uh, shoot up the church in yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. The problem is... You, you get banned from owning a gun if you are a convicted felon, but also if uh, you've been arrested and this possible, not yet convicted, but the possible sentence that you face for a state crime is two or more years. He was arrested for misdemeanor drug possession. The maximum sentence he would have faced would have been six months. So he wasn't prohibited based on the crime that he had been arrested for. Uh, and you know, they could have spent 20 years checking his criminal background, and they still wouldn't have been able to prohibit him from being able to go and buy the gun. If, if they wanted to go and say, let's, let's pass a law that says if you're, con- if you're arrested of, for a misdemeanor, then we're banning you from owning a gun, fine, put that up and let's talk about it. But to go and say that we just needed more time is just not honest. What they're trying to do with this is essentially create what can be a 30-day waiting period because they're giving the FBI that long to go and do the background checks on individuals. And, um, you know, it's if they want to just have a long waiting period, go and say we want to have a long waiting period 
or if they want to go and stop people with just misdemeanor arrests but not a conviction yet, um, you know, say that. But instead they put forward something that wouldn't have solved the crime that they used to justify the law. And, you know, they're using it to go and accomplish other things that they don't want to be straightforward about. The universal background check bill has all sorts of problems with it. Uh, you know, again, everybody wants to stop dangerous, prohibited people from being able to go and obtain a gun. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. The thing is, what they do with this bill is really just to make it costly for law-abiding citizens to be able to go and get guns. Um, you know, so if they're in Washington, D.C., where they voted on this. Washington, D.C. has this universal background check already. It costs $125 for me to privately transfer a gun to you because we have to go to a federally licensed dealer, and I have to give him the gun. He does the background check, and then he'll transfer it to you, assuming you pass the background check. Um, you know, someplace like New York City, background checks cost about 175 to $200, there are places like Oregon where you can get it done for $55. But these are costs. And there, and there are two points to raise here. One is if you believe that background checks reduce crime, and, and I don't, but, and we can talk about that, but if you believe it, it reduces crime for everybody, not just the individual who's going out of his way, the law-abiding individual, to go and have the background check done on him giving a gun to somebody else. And if you believe that it reduces crime for everybody, then everybody should pay. You shouldn't make the law-abiding individual who's, who's doing the background check have to bear the entire weight of doing the check there. The second thing is, is if you believe these background checks are great, then what you should do is encourage people to go and do the background check. How in, in D.C., for example, how are you encouraging somebody to obey the law by making them pay $125 for the honor of obeying the law? If For both of these points, if you really believe the background checks are good, you should pay for them out of general revenue and not make the individual bear the full cost. The, the second thing that I'll mention is that the background check system is a mess. And Democrats have refused for decades to even consider any fixes. I'll just give you an example. Today, or in the debate that you're hearing over the next few weeks on this, you're going to hear constantly that there are 3.5 million dangerous or prohibited people that have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks. And that's simply false. What they should say is that there have been 3.5 million initial denials and something around 99% of those are mistakes. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have a name similar to a felon from buying a gun. When private companies do background checks on employees, if they had an error rate that was one hundredth the error rate that the federal government has, under federal law they'd be sued out of existence. Mm -hmm. You know, when you... When you do the background check and you, you fill out the 4473, you put down your name, your Social Security number, your address, your birthday, your race, your eye color, and you think the government's using all that information. What they're using is roughly phonetically similar names and similar birthdays in most situations. And the thing is, it primarily discriminates against minority males. 
people tend to have names similar to others in their racial groups. Hispanics have names similar to other Hispanics. Blacks have names similar to other blacks. 34% of black males are legally prohibited from owning a gun because of past felony records. Whose names are their names most likely to be confused with? Other law-abiding good black males. And there's no reason to have that discrimination. I was just working up until the middle of January in the Department of Justice, and I saw data that uh, indicates that uh, the mistake rate for black males is more than twice their share of the population. You know, it's, it's ridiculous there, but if you go to Democrats and you say, you know, we ought to fix this. We ought to go and require that the federal government meets the same standards for doing background checks that the federal ma government mandates that private companies have to do. They will fight you tooth and nail. And I, and I had some U.S. senators uh, a few years ago when there was the Fix Nix bill came up, uh, tried to put up that amendment, and Democrats said that uh, it was a poison pill and they would blame Republicans for killing the bill if they insisted on having that in the legislation. Wow. John, this you know, is so, I, I, uh, I'm going to run out of time, and I could talk Second Amendment with sure, you I all apologize. day long. No, no, no. This is vital. This is really vital information, and I, I believe that people are better informed every time we put this out there, and they need to be better informed because if you are a supporter of the Second Amendment, and I believe we are going to see uh, an additional wave of new support for the Second Amendment coming up this year, uh, that people need to be aware and informed that the Democrats are coming for that Second Amendment, and they're coming hard and fast, and the Senate is the next target. And uh, Feinstein's already said she's coming for assault weapons. She wants a ban, and I'm sure she wants a buyback as well. So, John, where do we tell people to go? Where's the best website they can go to get all your data? Well, all this is discussed on our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org for the Crime Prevention Research Center. John, I, I thank you, and I expect we're going to be talking again soon. I wish we didn't have to, but I'm thinking we will. Yeah, well, it'd be nice to be meeting under better circumstances, but I appreciate you being there. Thank you for your support, sir.